Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey, Fox River friends. I am just so glad that we're able to gather and connect together online. There's a term that describes this period that we find ourselves in right now, and it's called the new normal. Now, if you've heard the term being used, would you just put that in the chat right now? If you found yourself using that term, please put that into the chat. The new normal would be the current state of being after some significant change has transpired. It's like it's that which is now replacing that which we had considered normal before. We think about the new normal impacts in our lives just in some recent history. We go back like 20 years. We had the terrorist attack on 9-11. That changed normal in our country and especially just with travel and security. We think about the horrific shootings of Columbine and how that kind of began a cascading, every single tragic shooting that's taken place in a school. Every one of those pushing us into a new normal, especially in those areas of security and if you're a student in your perspective, even in going to school. I think about the Great Recession of 08 and 09. It certainly brought a new normal to banking, but with many people and just their psyche with regards to money and finance, it changed everything that way. Of course, we find ourselves just in or coming out of COVID-19, that new normal of social distancing and shelter at home. But those are just the, the big things that we would think about. Finding normal, and that is that next normal, may be a much more common occurrence. For example, see if any of these resonate with you. Did you find a new normal after moving or having a job change? How about graduation? For some, it was going to war, and then others, it was returning to war. It could have been a technology change that just changed everything, like think smartphones or the next app that was out there. A breakup, A sickness, i.e. a pandemic, that was a significant change, wasn't it? How about a new relationship that you found yourself in? Or, sadly, maybe it was divorce, the death of a loved one. Maybe for you, it was marriage, it was having a baby, changing schools. You see, new normal can be good, in some cases, Not so. I'm so um, interested just as Lindsay shares her story with us about finding normal. My name is Lindsay Renier. I'm married to my fantastic husband, Kenny Hotop, and we have two children. Before COVID-19, I was, I thought that I was just on top of the world. I was working in the healthcare industry. I had been an attorney for almost 15 years. I had been recruited by the general counsel of a a larger healthcare organization that was throughout Illinois and Wisconsin, and I was really excited about this. 
I bought new suits. I felt like this was the job. I was leaving early in the morning, meetings back to back all day long. I wasn't able to talk to my husband on the phone during the day, call him on my way home and let him know where I, when I would be home and he would tell me which kid's game to meet him at. I put my career first and I put my everything into my career. And I felt like that was why I was valuable. I felt like that was why I had self-worth. And then when COVID-19 came around, um, I was furloughed by surprise. Um, it wasn't expected. Our entire department um, was um, dismantled, essentially. And I felt like that meant that I had no value. I was frantically looking for jobs, um, contacting people constantly about leads and my network. But it, it forced me to stay home. It was funny because while I thought that I didn't have value anymore, at the same time, my husband was saying, you know, it's really nice to have you around. <laughs> And Wes and Josie, um, my two stepkids, were saying, Wes, you know, said several times, like, wow, you're a really great person. Like, you're really fun to have around. And I, that really caught me um, by surprise. I don't think he knew me as much before. He knew me as the working mom who blew out the door in the morning, flew back in at night, and you know, was like, oh, hey kids, how was your day? Great, you know, getting ready for tomorrow. I was just not at the personal level that I was when I was home all day, helping them with their online learning, cooking dinners every day, baking bread with Josie. And I got to do all of these things that I didn't know that I would love. I was going for walks every morning to kind of stave off the depression and give myself something to do. And on my walks, I would just talk to God and say like, you gotta help me. I was sitting on the couch writing in my journal and I remember Wes was trying to watch The Flash, a new season of The Flash came out. So at the same time, I was talking to my husband um, and Wes is turning up the TV saying like, can you guys quiet down? And I'm like, no, wait, I, I know what I'm supposed to, I know what I'm gonna do. I, I'm, I'm gonna open my law firm. I'm gonna open a law firm. And it was, it wasn't like, I was like, let me just research this. I need to figure everything out first. It, it honestly was a sense of calm that came over me. And I just felt like I'm opening a law firm. There've been a lot of times when I've been like, could use a little help here. <laughs> and this was the moment that I, I finally felt like God's listening. I want to be, I want to own my own law firm so that I can control my schedule so that I can actually spend time with my family. Thanks, Lindsay, for sharing with us that. And as we are finding our new normal right now, God has much to say about that. And I hope that just doesn't come across as, a, as just a um, you know, common statement. To think that God Almighty has a great, deal of instruction and help for us when we're trying to find normal in our lives. 
It's one of the reasons that this series, Finding Normal, I think is gonna be so important for all of us. And in fact, I wanna encourage each and every one of us to make a special effort to be here for each week because this is something that is going to be affecting us, something that is going to be a resource for us all the rest of our lives. Whether you're going to invite a friend just to join in a watch party or come on over to your house, um, together, as we move ahead to new normal, I think that God has some incredible things for us, which begins today with what I wanna refer to as just two downright amazing promises that God has for us. These two promises happen to be found in the same chapter of a book in the Old Testament. Now, the Old Testament, of course, would be that part of the Bible which comes before Jesus. The book I'm referring to is the book of Jeremiah. The chapter is chapter 29, and the first of the promises is found in verse number 11. If you happen to have a Bible and can um, grab it, refer to it, or if you can pull this up on your phone, I think you're going to want to look a little closer here at chapter, uh, chapter 29 with me. Now, Verse 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Did you get that? God is declaring something here. He said, I declare, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, let me ask you, how many want that new normal in your life? You're going like, I want a Jeremiah chapter 29 new normal for me. Hope, you know, future, this prosperity that God might be bringing to me in my life. Who wouldn't? Verse 11, though, is often separated from the context or even the verse that comes right before it, which means we get part of a promise, but we don't get the full picture of what's going on. And I think you can um, understand with me that that can be a bit of a problem with this declaration of God. We don't want that to happen to us. So there is, handcuffs, there is a declaration that's made. If you find yourself being arrested and handcuffed, that declaration goes something like this. You can say it with me. You have the, say it, right? You have the right to remain silent. And if you give up the right to remain silent, you know how that finishes, right? Now, I just wonder, how is it, if you've never been arrested, that you know that declaration so well? <laughs> that really is the power of media, isn't it there? There was a declaration in Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 that was actually being said while the handcuffs were being put on. This was the declaration with this is the context, God says, and I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, how many want the Jeremiah 29, 11 promise now spoken in your life. A little bit confused. Let's go back and look at the context and what it is that God has for us in this new normal. Well, as you can see, this is going to be way more complicated than um, normal. Jeremiah 29, verse number one says, this is the text of a letter of the prophet Jeremiah 
sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders from among the exiles and to the priests and prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse four, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried, that's interesting, isn't it? God said, I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase the number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, that is the city or the places you find yourself, you too will prosper. Verse 10, this is what the Lord God says. When 70 years, 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, we just have to start out by saying this. The new normal that these people of Israelite found themselves in was not a new normal of their choosing, not something that they would have wanted for themselves in their lives. The backstory, for years, the nation Israel had just been rejecting God, ignoring him. God warned them with prophet after prophet, and finally he said, unless there's a repentance, then there will be a judgment on Israel. There was no repentance, and that judgment came. The Babylonians, God used a pagan nation to come in and literally overrun the nation of Israel. Jerusalem, its capital, was just leveled to the ground, and all of the people of Israel that survived those battles were taken into captivity into Babylon. That meant that there was a 1,000 mile march that they had to undergo in bonds with just the clothes on their back, whatever they could have in their hands as they were being brought into this new normal. Jeremiah here is sending this letter because he has heard that there are some of the prophets or false prophets that are telling people like, hey, this is just all a mistake by God and everything's gonna be okay. In fact, it's only gonna be a couple months. Don't even bother unpacking your bags as if they had bags, right? Don't even bother packing the boxes because God's just gonna um, come and he's just gonna restore us all to our nation. Jeremiah has told them that is not the case. In fact, there is not going to be an early release. The new normal that you are going to be brought into is in a place that you did not choose to be under circumstances that you don't wanna be under that is captive. And there, I want you to begin to do this. Build homes, plant fields, have families, be an influence in this place, this culture that you didn't think that you wanted to be. Now here we pause and connect the first important precept that we will need to this promise that God has given to us. And the precept is this. God said, I have a will for you in your new normal. Let me say that again. 
I have a will for you, declares God, in the new normal that I'm bringing you into. And then God's promise. And after 70 years, I am going to give you this desire of your heart to be able to go back to your homeland. I'm going to restore you as a nation. You'll be able to rebuild and become, again, that nation that is in your heart to be able to be connected with me. Now, if we just do some quick math and figure out what's going on, even with this promise. Public math, I'll take the challenge here. If you are 20 years old, when you were captive and brought to Babylon, how old would you be when you went back, or Jeremiah 29, 11, that promise was fulfilled? You would be 90 years old. Think about this. If you're 20 years old, brought to Babylon as a captive, and you had a child, how old would that child of yours that you just had be to, when they went back to Israel? 70 years old. If your child, when they were 20 years old, had a child, in other words, you now have a grandchild, how old would your grandchild be to go back to Israel when God restores a nation? That's right, 50. And if your grandchild, when they were 20, had a child, and at 20 years later, how old would your great-great-grandchild be when God fulfills his promise, that good promise he spoke of, yeah, your great-great-grandchild will be 30 years old before that comes back again. So who is Jeremiah 29, 11, this plan for God being spoken to? And the answer is yes. It is being spoken to those being taken into captivity and to their children and to their children and to their children, so their children, their grandchildren, and so on down the line. Jeremiah 29, 11 is connected with the promise, the good promise God said of verse number 10. For us, rather than just say, well, Jeremiah 29, 11, when I know what I know about it now, I'm like, I'm just gonna write my Bible, not for me. <laughs> Please, you know, not that. It is connected with the other promises that God has for us, because he wants us to know in this new normal that we are going to find ourselves in, as we're finding normal for ourselves, God says, I have a plan for you. I have a will for you, and I want you now to enter into it so that then you will be able to enter into my future will for you as well. When we think about the will of God, Romans chapter 12, verse number two, tells us this. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. God's got a will for us. In fact, Jesus in the Lord's prayer, he asks us to daily bring this matter of God's will and God's will in our life before our heavenly Father. God has an, if I can use the, uh, I'll use the term, an all-inclusive will. That is, a part of God's will would be for everybody. It's God's will for everybody, not to perish, but that all would come to repentance. In other words, it's God's will that every person would turn to God and open themselves up 
to God's provision for their forgiveness and relationship with him that comes through Jesus Christ. That's his will for every person. If you happen to be a child of God, God has an all-inclusive will for every child of God. A part of that will for you is that you would find freedom. God does not want you in bondage as a child of his. I asked one of our leaders, Dave of CR. I said, Dave, how many people have found freedom in CR since we started 10 years ago? And the response that Dave gave to me, actually, just, it, it took my breath away. He told me the last 10 years, we've had over 500 people here that have come to find freedom from the hurt, the hang-up, the addiction that they came to CR with. Not perfect people now. I heard that. I'm like, those are 500 unique individual stories of God's grace and of individuals that were finding freedom. CR has gone on to help other CRs get started here. And Dave said, we've had another 300 beyond that. I'm like, in 10 years, 800 people that have found freedom just through CR, through Financial Peace University. There have been hundreds of people that have found freedom from the financial bondage and habits that they've been enslaved in in their lives. Through the personal counseling ministry that we have here. Again, scores and scores of people that have come to find freedom. I just got to ask at this point, is there something in your life right now that you find yourself in bondage to? Let me tell you unequivocally, it is God's will for you that you find freedom. And I just want to encourage you, if you're in that area, to come to receive that help, to get into that channel of God's grace, that you're going to be able to find the freedom that it is his will for you to experience in your life. God's will, his all-inclusive will, for children of God is that we would share the good news of Jesus with other people because what they don't know is keeping them from life as they could know it in Jesus. It's God's inclusive will for every believer to be baptized with believer's baptism. And if you haven't, hear me, it's God's will for you to do that. It's God's all-inclusive will that we are all a participating part of a local church. It's God's will that we are showing the love of Jesus to each and every other person that we are interacting with. That is God's all-inclusive will for us. But God also has a personal will. That is a unique will for us individually. If I were to share with some of um, if I just to share some of my friends and how they discovered God's will, I could talk about Steve who discovered it was God's will for him to become a chaplain for law enforcement agents in Waukesha County. It was God's will for Bruce to raise the money to be able to build a youth center in Nicaragua. It's God's will for Hillary to be a mom time leader in this coming session ahead. It's God's will for James that he is a lighthouse of love and of Jesus in his home and in his family. My wife, Denise, she knows it is God's will for her to continue caring for her aging father. Do you know what God's personal will is for you? Now, if you don't, this next promise is gonna be of tremendous help to you in finding it. Promise number one, God said, I know the plans I have for you. And he declares it. That's verse 11. Promise two, Jeremiah 29, verse number 13 says this. If you seek me 
you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. In other words, God is saying to each and every one of us, anyone who will seek after God from their heart, ye will be found by you. God is not trying to keep himself a secret. In fact, God's will for us is that we would know him and that we would be found by him as well. And this is a promise that just gets better. It's better in this sense that God has said that he is always the one to take the first step toward us in knowing him and in knowing him better. Jesus, when he came, said this. He said, I have come to seek those who are lost. Jesus didn't wait for people just to hear about him and come looking for him. Jesus, when he came, he went out looking for people, for everyone that needed him. God crafted a plan that we could know him. And then God made that plan come to pass. That's his great plan. We often refer to it as the gospel. God sent his son, Jesus. He came to earth willingly, laying aside all of his glory as God. He lived a sinless life for 33 years and then willingly went to the cross as the payment of our sin. After having been crucified, buried, he rose again the third day. And anyone that would put their faith and trust, God said, that is the means or the path that you can know me and know me personally. So if you're listening today and you would be an individual who would say, guy, I don't even know if I believe in God. Or if there is a God, I don't even know if God, you know, God could be known. So maybe you'd think of yourself as an atheist or as an agnostic, or you just maybe think of yourself like, I'm, a, I'm just kind of like spiritually, really nothing. I'm not sure what I believe right now. I want to ask you to pray a prayer with me. I know, it sounds crazy, right? You're going like, I'm an atheist. Why are you asking me to pray? <laughs> the prayer is this, God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. Now, why would I ask you to pray that prayer? To pray it with whatever sincerity of heart you could muster. It's because God answers that prayer. He's already given a promise. We have seen year after year after year as we have asked individuals, would you just be willing to pray this prayer? Like, you know, roll the dice on what you don't know about. And we have seen God answer that prayer. And we have story after story after story after story. And the reason I want to ask you to pray that prayer is because I am confident that God will answer that prayer in your life. If you would pray in sincerity, God, if you were real, make yourself real to me. And when he does, will you respond to him, please? You may be an individual that's already received Jesus. And you're wondering, like, is this promise for me? And I couldn't emphatically say in a, in a greater way, yes, it is. In fact, this promise is just um, multiplied by what James, James was the half-brother of Jesus. He became the first pastor of the church of Jerusalem. He said this in James chapter four, 
Verse number eight. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Think about that. God said, if you will draw near to me, if you want to be closer to God, God said, that is my will for you. If you want to be closer to me, I want you. I love you. I want you in that relationship with me. We can grow. I want to say this again. We can grow. We can grow in our relationship with God for the rest of our lives. Is that characteristic today? Are you growing in your relationship with Jesus? It is his great desire for you. In fact, it's one of the reasons that Jesus calls his friends. If I were to ask you today, how well, as somebody that's opened your life up and received Jesus, how well do you know Jesus? And how are you experiencing him in your life right now? I, I can speak to it from, from my perspective. I've been a follower of Jesus, or I've received him um, for well over 40 years right now. I have had the great privilege to be able to go to seminary and get postgraduate degrees studying about Jesus. I have been preaching about Jesus for decades now. And when you ask me, how much have I uncovered about Jesus? I want to tell you, and I don't know if you can even see the twinkle in my eye right now. I know I am just beginning this great discovery of who Jesus is and of his working in my life. I will be discovering more about Jesus. And this is just so good. I am going to be discovering more about Jesus for the rest of my life until the day I see him face to face. And that's what Jesus wants for you. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all my heart, will you do that? I want to make sure that we are activating these promises of God in our lives. Because that's how we're going to find our way to normal or the new or the next normal that's in front of us. The first promise we have to activate is this one. That I have a plan for you in where we are now. I have a plan for you in this new normal. And my question is, are you embracing it? Are you doing it? You may go like, Guy, the, the will of God is just so confusing to me. How do I find God's will for my life, that personal will you're talking about? The will of God doesn't need to be confusing. In fact, you will discover it one yes at a time. When you know there's something God wants you to do, you just take that yes. The yes that Steve did, the, the yes that Bruce did, the, the yes that Denise is doing. And each yes will take you further and further into God's will. What is it that you know right now that God wants you to do? Will you say yes? That second promise that we're activating is this, that if we seek God, then we will not be disappointed. But will you do it? 
If you're not sure about God, would you just do this one prayer? God, if you're real, will you make yourself real to me? As you pray that prayer, we invite you to join with us for Starting Point. Starting Point's all about just the conversation about knowing and discovering God. Maybe you're a new believer. For you to go like, Jesus, I want to know you more. Then take your next step in following him. Love for you to do that with us. If you're somebody that's been a Christian for years now, this is so important for us. Realize that there is so much more that we can know about God. Maybe for you, an action step is going to be taking one of our advanced biblical studies. And that may be for the understanding, but even more just to rub shoulders with other people that are in that place and wanting to know God more and better. That is a journey that God wants you on, and it is something that he will help you to find normal in. Because when our normal is seeking after God, our normal is knowing more and more about him. Hey, friend, if, if you haven't yet opened your life up to Jesus, but feel that you're ready to do so now, to put your faith and trust in him as your savior, then I want to invite you to join with me in this prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you did everything necessary that we could know you personally. And for those that are here right now, and they understand you've died on the cross for them, they understand you've risen again, they understand that there is this ache for God in their heart, and they realize now that you are the means, that it all is fulfilled. And as they pray this prayer, Jesus, as best I understand, I open my life to you. Lord, I end this prayer praying for those that are just opening themselves up to you with a prayer. God, if you're known, make yourself known to me. I pray that we'll hear many, many of these stories. For those of us that are followers here, Jesus, may we never be satisfied with where we are because we know that there's more and more with you is better. And I pray for better for each and every one. Pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Thank you. And amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.